This is the Culture and Talent podcast from Nemours Children's Health. Welcome back to our deep dive series into the Nemours Associate Core Competencies, where we help define the competencies, give some insights into key behaviors, and help the leader and associate utilize our SBI or Situation Behavior Impact Formula to talk about the lifelong development, behavior change, and skill building necessary to always evolve our acumen related to the competencies. I'm Dr. Allison Kraft, Associate Vice President of Culture and Talent at Nemours Children's Health. And as always, I am joined by my fantastic colleague, Jared Narlock, who is our Strategic Culture and Talent Program Manager. And today we're going to focus on relationship management. Could you set the stage a little bit, help us understand what that means and how that relates to our core competencies? This is such a big one. You know, it, it impacts so many areas when we think about what relationship management is and how we define it at Nemours is the ability to develop, maintain and strengthen strong relationships by consistently showing care and concern for others and treating everyone with respect. And while you hear that and you say, okay, that sounds pretty straightforward. I think the biggest thing in there is that word consistently. And that really coming into play when we talk about the core competencies and what we discussed in the past around those categories and the examples of does not meet, meets some, meets expectations and exceeds expectations as well as outstanding performance. And with that definition consistently, that's meeting expectation. And so I think this is a great one to really dive into of the understanding of what does it truly mean to be consistent and why is it so important from a relationship management standpoint? Because it certainly plays into the other competencies. And then what would that look like when someone is exceeding it? Thanks, Jared, for that. And so I think really quickly, let's talk about SBI. We've set the stage a couple of times to indicate that this is the way we bring consistency in language as to how we talk about and give feedback around the competencies. I think what's important, though, is to recognize that the SBI is really the start of the conversation, not the entirety of the conversation. So let's unpack that really fast, and then we'll do a deep dive into some of the common questions we get around how you continue to have conversations around relationship management. It's really funny. I actually had a conversation this morning and it was like fate and all the stars or whatever you want to believe in aligned because I knew we were going to be having this conversation on the podcast today. So I will change the names here to protect the innocent and in some senses guilty. Uh, but I was giving a coaching session with an individual and her name is Samantha. And we'd wrapped up the conversation. And then I said, oh, by the way, I know you're in charge of this process at Nemours and I'm having an issue with it. Would you help me? I would typically go to Miranda, but since I'm on the call, could you help me? And she was fantastic. So wonderful. So helpful. I was bringing up the other screen in, the, in my head to make sure I sent her a kudos. And then it happened. She said to me, Hey, Allison, in the future, just reach out to me directly instead of Miranda because she does not know what she's doing. Jared, if you could have like seen my face, I think every emotion I was feeling was just there, which is for the listeners, if you don't know, I have a very stoic face. So when my emotion shows, it shows really loudly and clearly. 
And I just sat there. And so now let's think about like, if I extended grace to Samantha, maybe Miranda didn't have the skill set necessary to help me. But I think in that instance, from a relationship management perspective, Samantha really didn't realize the impact of her word choice. Because I think what she was trying to say to me was, I am always here to help you. But what it felt like to me was, one, I felt bad for Miranda because I'm like, is Samantha saying this to other people? And I sort of lost trust in Miranda because I was telling myself a story. Like, if she's saying this about her coworker, what might she be saying about me? Because we know that past behavior is always a good indicator of future behavior if nothing changes. So I was like, oh, wow, feedback was required. And it was funny because I had SBI on a post-it note in preparation for thinking how we would talk today. And so I was like, let me lean into this. And it really made me think about some of those components of relationship management, collaboration, empathy, healthy conflict resolution, emotional intelligence. And so basically what I said is, said, Samantha, you know, just now you said, quote, Miranda does not know what she's doing. I felt like you were not extending trust to Miranda and the impact of that. It it felt like you were giving feedback that was hurtful and not helpful. Now, I could go on and on and on, but, you know, we had a conversation about, I was like, could we leverage this as an opportunity? Maybe you want to teach Miranda. And we ended up having another 45 minutes conversation because she was talking to me about her frustration. I was like, well, what can you do from a consistency perspective to help Miranda along the way? Because it feels to me, you just let your emotion get the best of you because that feedback hadn't been delivered before. And I'd argue the verse, you know, if a fly on the wall, someone could give me the SBI that said, you know, the situation was when I gave her that feedback, the impact was, you know, I was teaching, coaching, and mentoring. So that's just a really quick SBI and thinking about how to do relationship management. So with that, you know, I don't want to go too deep into it because I feel like when it comes to recognizing examples for relationship management, it's sort of easy in relationship management because you can see and feel both the positive and the negative. So one of the things that really gets to me when you said the word consistent, the question I get a lot from people related to this specific competency is, well, why am I responsible for it? And that gets in the way of their ability to be consistent about feedback because it feels to them like I have to take the accountability for the relationship. And I would argue that's not necessarily true. So What would you say to someone who came to you and said, I'm trying to be consistent with this, but it feels like all the ownership or responsibility is on me? Yeah, that's one that I also, I get that question a lot. And one of the first things that I like to discuss with people is how do you view partnerships? Because so often we think, oh, that's my team member. And it is, but everything that we do in a work environment, if we're doing it at a high level, and if we're working towards a high level of trust, a high level of accountability, we're working at it from a sense of a partnership. And there are times where a team member has stepped in and helped out because I wasn't able to to reach that outcome that I was hoping to get to. And there are times I've been able to do that for others as well. And we celebrate those moments, right? I go and tell my team members, hey, thank you so much for helping me out there. And that's the same when it comes to how we have that level of influence when there's gaps as well. It's a partnership. And so we don't just get to have all of one good side and not think about the other, which can also be a good side if it's a regular ongoing relationship of checking in and talking through those things. So often, though, that doesn't exist in environments because 
they lack things like the core competencies where there is something that gives us a foundational piece to build off of. And the example that you gave right there, I was thinking about one of the behaviors associated with relationship management models, the behavior they seek in others. So that individual, when she shared that piece, she wasn't modeling that behavior that I'm sure she would hope that her fellow team member would speak highly of her and give that level of respect. And so when it comes to where's my level of influence and why should I have to do this? It's that truly partnership mentality. And would you want someone to give you that feedback? And that's a a shared ownership. And that's one where I look at that from a a leadership standpoint, whether I'm in a, a formal or informal leadership role, I've had some great leaders and that's what I appreciate about them is whether it's their own business that they're owning or they're a part of an organization, they treat it with that ownership mentality. And so if someone has a a gap in performance, they're jumping in and they're teach coaching and mentoring right there while it's a small thing and it's easily able to have a discussion instead of waiting to have that discussion and it becoming larger and larger. And that's what so many people experience in other environments where things like core competencies aren't present is it's when it gets to be unbearable and we have to talk about it. And so I think that's what gets in people's minds as a partnership that, hey, why am I responsible for this? I don't want to be the one to have the conversation. But in all reality, if it's that one thing and I'm stepping in, they're going to do the same. And now it becomes just a part of our process and it's okay. And we become a feedback culture. And those leaders who have had that ownership mentality, I've seen that. And I've in turn worked to model that behavior and said, hey, you know, I may not be the one that is being asked about these results, but I have a part in these results and my team member does as well. And so how can I step in and help them out and let them know that I care enough about them that I want them to succeed that way. And I want them to see that opportunity. And I hope they care enough about me to give me that feedback as well. You answered your own question that you offered earlier, and that was, how do we think about consistency and talk about what this looks like from a meeting expectations perspective? And I think right there, you talked about ownership mentality. How do we think about developing a process for partnerships? And that intentionality is what's going to allow us to meet those expectations of relationship management. So not only are we doing the right thing in terms of giving feedback, but there's that consistency in continuing to build and evolve the relationship. So I think to that extent, simple things like if you and I work together, which we do, spoiler alert, we can say, what's the best time for us to give feedback to one another? Is it that we once a month say, hey, can we have a just information sharing session where I tell you what I'm working on and vice versa? Do we have phrases that we can use with each other when you feel like, hey, Allison, you feel a little off today. Are you okay? I just want to check in on you because that's a great showcasing of empathy. But until we really outline what that process looks like, until we talk about that partnership mentality, until we take ownership, we're not going to meet expectations because to your point, we are accountable for our own behaviors and a relationship is two people. And that requires that conversation in order to truly meet the expectations of what we're talking about with relationship management. So A plus, you answered your own question. I like it. Any words of wisdom that you would give leaders or associates as they're starting to unpack and understand what this means for them? A big piece that comes to mind, and it comes from what you shared, and and I was thinking about it uh, after you shared a particular word, and 
it's around sharing that that common language. So, so often teams don't have, like you mentioned, hey, maybe there's a word that I use to say, hey, Jared, you know, buzzword, and it brings light to something. And so many teams don't discuss that. They just take it for granted. And a big part of what you see in relationship management is trust. And it's throughout the behaviors defined. And so often teams leave trust up to chance. And I really like the work of different social science researchers like Dr. Brene Brown and Stephen M. R. Covey, who they both talk about trust as it's tangible, it's teachable, it's something that you can bear, build a shared language around. There is one thing that is common to every individual, relationship, team, family, organization, nation, economy, and even civilization. On the other hand, if developed and leveraged, that one thing has the potential to create unparalleled success and prosperity in every dimension of life. That one thing is trust. Trust is choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else. Where I've seen teams that have relationship management very strong and strong meaning they're able to talk about all areas, whether it's an opportunity for growth, a celebration, or just regular day-to-day conversation that builds processes and teamwork is they have a shared language. And so as a team talking about what is that, how do we approach people? When is the right time to approach people? I remember one time it was at a, a leadership summit. I was speaking to a group of leaders and one of my colleagues was as well. And we came off stage and another team member, before we even had time to really regroup, because we had been up there for an hour, that was a, a high intensity situation. People were asking questions and we walked off stage and thought it went pretty well. And before we could even regroup, one colleague came up and started to give feedback about improvements. And they quickly said, hey, good job. By the way, let me give you this feedback. And I remember just sitting there and I could see my fellow colleague's eyes, her eyes that were on the stage as well. And we kind of locked like, what is happening right now? This does not feel good. There are people that we just got done speaking to walking around us and we're being given this feedback. And so it was really hard to accept it. And, and we both kind of sat there almost mesmerized in the moment. We took the feedback in and we walked away and it was hard for us to accept it in a good way because of the moment, the setting. Now had that colleague who they were newer to our team. And so we valued that feedback and we realized, Hey, we never talked about that because with her and I, if one of us walked off the stage, we would never give the feedback there. But we always checked in either at the end of the day, if it was a big summit like that, or the next morning, we'd build in time to say, hey, let's do a lessons learned. What went well? What feedback do you have for me? And vice versa. And so we were very much open to it, but knowing the place and the setting and having those pieces because her and I had discussed it. And it was a growth opportunity for us because we realized, hey, we hadn't discussed that with the team. We took it for uh, advantage of, of the fact that we'd been working together for a long time. And we realized we needed to bring that into the onboarding process for new team members. And so that was something that we built in as we grew our standard processes, our language around it. And sometimes when people hear that a standard process around relationship management, no, not that, but around some of the terminology, what's okay, what's not okay, it, it goes into that boundary setting. And so that's the piece that I would add is really think about what is your shared language? 
when it comes to giving feedback, when it comes to rewarding, recognizing, don't take it for granted and just think that it's going to happen by the nature of things. Because yes, then there will be moments where it does come forward. But when you're deliberate about it, and I've seen this on so many great teams, it's at a much higher level and much better outcomes and, and outcomes that are working towards what we had hoped for because we've set the stage to make that happen. That's a great example. And I think highlights the three key takeaways, right? That we want everyone to conceptualize as they start to lean into the relationship management competency. One, always use your SBI, right? Situation, behavior, and impact is a great shared language. See what I did there, Jared, with that transition? It's a great shared language to start to engage in conversations related to any type of feedback we need to give for any competency, but particularly important for relationship management. So one, SBI. Second takeaway is consistency builds trust. So the more we are intentional about making sure that we share those feedbacks, both positive and negative, we continue to build that relationship instead of it being a one and done or we wait until things are so bad that it becomes unmanageable. Three, process helps to create that shared accountability language. So what is the process that you as an individual and as a team are going to take to make sure you create the space to allow these really important conversations to happen, but also to allow relationships to grow in the appropriate way? So SBI, consistency building trust, and process helps to create shared accountability and language are the three points that we would want everyone to think about from a relationship management perspective. With that, relationship management sounds easy. It's not, but if we could think about it from an intention perspective and we really lean into the learnings around focus and consistency, it is manageable. And at the end of the day, when you're in an environment that has grace, trust, empathy, healthy conflict resolution, it really impacts all of the other things we're looking for from an outcomes perspective, whether that's quality and safety, improvement in our work, or just daily functioning. So a very important competency to focus on. I think next time, Let's talk about effective communication. So with that, thank you all for joining us on this edition of the podcast. And we'll talk next time about communication. The Nemours Culture and Talent podcast is produced and edited by Carol Vassar Media Productions for Nemours Children's Health. Music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Turner's Falls, Massachusetts. Your questions, comments, and ideas about the podcast are welcome. Just email podcast at nemours.org. That's podcast at nemours.org. Find this and our flagship podcast, Well Beyond Medicine, on your favorite podcast app. And thanks for listening.